So welcome to Balls and Boudoirs and when we talk about Balls and Boudoirs it's always interesting just to get a real life stories of people. You know how you have to be real about things. You can't be lying about how you made it. You can't be lying about your struggles. You have to talk about it the way it happened and I'm very pleased to have our very own I think well in my personal opinion I think he's a living legend in London somebody that we should talk more about but we haven't talked more about um we have former GB guard um and also international I don't want to say just Europe but I'll say international basketball player and now the star of London Lions Justin Robinson joining us on Bulls and Boudoir Justin welcome hi um thank you for having me um it's a pleasure to be here with you and um I'm excited to speak with you today. But anyway, so you're a writer, then you graduate. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you go to yeah, NBA. so th- this whole the MBA um thing, you know, um, it was it was tough because you know I had a great career, especially my senior year. You know, I had a really good year, and you know there was all these talks about me getting invited to NBA workouts and Portsmouth Invitational, and I just never got a workout. I just never got invited to anywhere, and you know. How was that? How did that? feel for you um was the dream shattered at that point or did you still feel like you could make something i mean obviously it's everyone's dream to go nba but you have to be real with yourself you know you know i'm coming from a, a smaller school you know um smaller conference um so you kind of know the likelihood is not very high you know um but of course you know um it's a childhood dream but you, you have to kind of accept your your fate you know so um, you know, my mindset was just on going to Europe and trying to make as much money as possible. You know, just making sure I sign with a, a good agent, you know, someone that I can trust, and just, just try to find the best situation. You know, because um, obviously, being around a lot of the older GB guys, I've heard a lot of stories. You know, you know, guys not getting paid and you know iffy contracts and all this stuff. So, I just tried to soak up as much information as possible and you know make a decision. So you end up you leave Ryder. Where's your first team? Where's, where did you go? Where's the first country you went to play? My first country was Cyprus. How was that? How Cyprus. Was that experience like? Cyprus was actually a very, very, very good experience. Um, uh, I was on a really good team, you know. I had a lot of um, first, second-year guys who kind of were in the same boat as me. You know, I didn't really have that many older guys who, who didn't understand me. Um, I had about I think, four Americans and one Swedish guy. And it was great, you know, um, great place, people were friendly, you know, got paid all my money, you know, <laughs> Let's <laughs> team finish. Because a lot of people don't realise the struggles of being a pro player, NBA, or a basketball player in Europe. Because I've been in situations, or no situations, where even in the UK back then, Laken will tell you, and uh, William Omepe, and Daniel Sandel, because yeah. I remember there was a time, they were playing for Birmingham Panthers at the time, this is years ago. Yeah. And we had driven up to Birmingham to watch them play. And they had just won their game. And at the end of the game, they all looked, like, really upset. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? And they were like, he ain't paid us. I said, what do you mean? He ain't been paid for three months. And oh, I said, man. sorry. That's crazy. And obviously, I'm getting upset for them, but they are super upset. And then I've heard other situations of players in Europe that haven't been paid. Yeah, yeah. And just excuse after excuse after excuse. What's that? Have you ex- experienced that? Yeah, um... I mean, the only place I've really experienced that was when I was in Ukraine. Um, you know, um, Ukraine had a lot of money at the time, but our organization was just, I don't know, man, it, it was just unprofessional completely, you know. Um, and it was about about two or three months behind, 
and I basically had to end up taking him to FIBA court. Yeah, so I basically um, I paid the money to start the initial case, and they, you know, the, the team got scared and they ended up paying all the money. And then in the agreement, they had to pay back my the fees that I paid. You know, so luckily I got all my money. But you know, I played against guys, or I've been on teams with guys where some guys out of ten months they've only got two checks. Yeah or like they're four months behind or three months behind and, and some guys are scared to leave because they, they've got no other team or you know they, they need to get their stats for next season you know so it's just it's just teams are just you know not all teams but a lot of teams are just so unprofessional right, you know so when it came to you making a decision whether you're going to play in Europe or not what qualities were you looking for in agents when you made your decision that I'm going to play in Europe but I need somebody good to get me those good jobs because yeah. if I get a bad contract my career is either made or yeah, still. yeah, yeah. Um, I started with a guy called um, uh, Mario Scotty, and he he worked for Two Points. And at that time, he he was asking about me, you know, like since I was in college, you know. And he had um, Kieran Achara, Flinder Boyd, and Nick George. And you know, he kept asking, 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 asking. I mean, you know, we stayed in contact, and I just asked those guys about him, you know, always asking guys, you know, like what type of person is he and you know, um, what type of connects that you have, and you know, I, I just ended up signing with him, you know, because he, he kind of was the first one to kind of show interest in me, you know, and um, started off, you know, really good, and then kind of, you know, I think sometimes, you know, when you're uh, with someone for so long, you know, they, they kind of start looking at them differently. No, I wouldn't say looking at it differently, but I think sometimes it's just time for a change, you know. I think sometimes, you know, that person gets a bit comfortable, you know, and they think, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they kind of yeah. brush you to the side, which, which I mean, I, I didn't take it personal, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, so, you know, um, I changed a few times, you know, <laughs> I've been with a few agents, but, you know, um, you know, I, I just told him, you know, appreciate, you know, all, all the work you've done for me and, you know, but it's just time for a change. Because the kind of things that I've experienced with agents is that, like, let's take, for example, let's say you, you just come out of college, you're going to be a big star. And my understanding and what I've learned as an international business and in basketball is that an agent's job is to get you a contract. Yeah. And an agent can't market you, they can't promote, they can't get you those commercial contracts that will bring the extra money on top of what you're earning. Yeah. But what agents try to do is that they try to do everything and then they fail yeah. those athletes. Yeah. And I remember particularly during London 2012 where a lot of agents missed opportunities to bring their clients to a different level because we're trying to do everything and mess things up for you. Now. Your career through Europe over the years has been great for you. It hasn't been, you haven't had the terrible experiences where really. you've just gone, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. But then let's talk about GB, because GB, <laughs> for me, oh, personally, man. it's a sore point. Because I remember when GB was coming together, and particularly when I personally like Chris Finch, because I had a good working relationship with him, and I think Chris Finch understood the brand of GB and where it could go. Yes, he was maybe of a, a bit of a bastard on the court with hmm. the players, and maybe a lot of the players didn't like him. But let's talk about your experience of GB, and then let's bring it to London 2012, and what happened after that. When you were called up for GB, I remember watching the first game with you guys, and Jaflo, and Pops, and Luab, and not Matthew at the time, but Nick no. George, and yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. and I was like, right, this team could go somewhere. What was it like for you, and what happened? Talk me through your journey of G. Um, I think the first year I got called up was, I think it was, I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand, no, six, two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, about 
it, it was my it was the summer going into my freshman college year and um it was at Brunel we had the training camp and um obviously it was a great experience but it was just it was tough you know being like the only young guy um no actually that was 2007 I think the year after I got selected to go to like Turkey and stuff um the first year was was great you know it was kind of just testing the waters you know kind of seeing where you're at against the older guys um so I, you know the first year I didn't make the team and I was just like okay whatever and I think the next year I came back and I played I think yeah 2008 I think and I think I made like the final 14 and it was tough because being like I was like the only young guy so it's like I kind of didn't feel like I had that that those like leadership qualities at the time you know yeah yeah you know yeah, you know, strong characters you know and I think a, a lot of the guys you know kind of looked down on me like oh this young guy you know like you can't tell me what to do or this and that um so it was tough and then Finch was like really hard on me you know at the time um I'm not sure maybe I was like the uh what do you call that the sacrificial lamb you know yeah, like for young yeah. players you know but um you no know, like for me it was a great experience you know just going up against these older guys and seeing where I was at and just trying to learn off them, you know, like just being around them and like I said, soaking up as much information, you know, as possible about Europe, about their experience. What, about was, it, what was it like playing with Rob Archibald, Flinder Boyd, Lowell, Pops, Nick George? These are strong characters. Yeah. Even I can stand them, all of them in one room. It's mm-hmm. mad. Now you have to you go on road with them in the summer. Yeah. What was that experience like with all those guys? Um... When it's not Brixton versus Tottenham or Brixton versus yeah, the, yeah. Um, the White, what, what was that like? Um, I mean, I never really had it. To be honest, I, I can't remember even having a conversation with uh, Rob Archibald, to be honest. And that's nothing against him, but, you know, I don't think he, he looked at me on his level, which, I, which I'm not, you know. So um, everyone's different, you know, in how they handle success, you know. But, you know, I, I was lucky to have Pops, you know, um, Luau, Eric was on the team, oh, yes. you know. Um, you know, Nick George, you know, he, he kind of took me under his wing, you know, um, Kieran Achara, you know, all those guys, Flynn the Boy, those guys were cool, Andrew Sullivan, you know, um, so it, to, like again, like I said again, it, it was great, you know, every, every day practicing with these guys, Nate Rankin, you know, just, just trying to learn how to be a professional, you know, be around these guys and kind of t- taking that, that mindset and experience back to college, you know, and kind of Okay, okay. I know where I need to be, you know. But like you said, a lot of strong personalities. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to be yourself, you know. Like if if people accept you for who you are, you know, if they accept you, they accept you. If they don't, they don't. You know, that's their business. So. So you 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 come, you do your GB, you go back, and then London wins the bid to do London 2012. Then the, pre- pre- the preparation starts, you know, and the usual conversation about British basketball, you know, they're not going to get anywhere, they never gain it, they never win a medal, we don't see why we're investing in them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you guys end up a training camp at Cobham again. And this is like maybe a couple of months away from, this is the summer before, summer before the, the Olympics. The Olympics. Yeah. And all of you were coming and I was really excited because I'm like, this is the group of people that started GB. So if anybody's going to go to GB, everybody on this group needs to be playing on the team now you come back you guys play a few games at Cobham like it was called the London Prepare so you're getting ready for next summer and you're part of that crew you're part of that crew you're right in there and then come to the summer of London 2012 and I don't see your name on the list yeah I didn't see a few people on the list I yeah. saw a whole bunch of new people that nobody yeah. knew about 
I was upset. What was that like for you as a player that was part of the people that built that GBT? Um, well, like you said, the year before, you know, you know, we qualified. Um, you know, we had a good, uh, um, good showing. You know, in the quali- I think it was qualifiers for European Championships. You know, we played Hungary. I think Hungary, Ukraine, and Macedonia. Um, and yeah, you know, we did we did really well. You know, I didn't play that much, but I, I was I, I was still um, I was still part of the team. And then the year later um, is the Olympics. Yeah. So usually, what happens with GB is like maybe like four, five, six months ahead, they send you paperwork. So this year, I'm asking around like, "Oh, have you guys got your paperwork yet?" Everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah." Like I've got mine in the post, like all, all the forms and stuff. So I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." So. <laughs> I'm not Sorry, actually. I'm no, no, it's I funny. It's funny. It. So, I'm not actually in in the country at the time. So I, I'm calling my mum like, oh, "Mum, have you got you got the forms?" She's like, "No, ain't, ain't nothing come." So I'm like, "Cool, whatever." So, still no paperwork, no paperwork. So I'm like, "Right, like, what's going on here?" So I call up the guy at the time. It was a uh, Romo Tula. Yes, oh my god. Um, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I sent him an email like, oh, "Ronnie, you know, I haven't got paperwork." So he's like, "Oh, uh, what's your number? I want to give you a call." So he gives me a call, and he's like, oh, hey, Joss, you know, blah, blah, blah. I see you having a, a, a great season, you know. Um, yeah, but, you know, regarding the paperwork, you know, um, you know, even though you're having a great season and stuff, you know, we've chose to go with some other younger guys. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I was like fair enough. I mean... They called you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he said. So um, at the time, obviously I was disappointed, but... It was like the first summer period that I had free, you know. So, you know, for me, it was, you know, that was my opportunity to go back to um, Dominica. You know, I took that summer to go to go Dominica and you know, see my family and friends. But, you know, I was definitely just disappointed. You know, I, I, I can't sit here and say I wasn't disappointed. Obviously, it's the Olympics in your hometown, you know. Like, who wouldn't want to be a, an Olympian, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it was un- unfortunate, but... The one thing I would say is the way they done Ogo, mm-hmm. that just... Because there was a, quite, it's quite a few yeah. of you, and I remember yeah. because I worked for London 2012 at that time, and they had reached out to me to... They were, no, London 2012 had asked me, Benny, who are the faces would you like us to use as the poster boys for basketball during the Olympics? So obviously I'm like, all the boys, even the South London, I'm like, yeah, South, no, for everybody, let's just, these are the list of people, so... I had all these boys come in to do photo shoots for the posters and stuff. Then Nike contacted me and Nike said, Benny, who do you know on the GB team that we could sponsor at the time? And I said, well, I think you should sponsor every single one of them. I don't know if you remember, I sent a message out to yeah, all yeah, of you yeah. lot and I said, you lot, Nike is going to sponsor you guys because the Olympics, blah, blah. We sorted that out. And then I saw Chris Finch and I said, Chris, so who's coming to be on the team? Then he showed me the lists. And I remember going back, what happened to... Justin, what happened to Ogo? And he's like, oh, I think Ogo, Ogo went to the training camp, though. Went to the training in, in Houston, camp. yeah. This is right after. Oh, after so training camp. After. Oh, so this is just yeah. maybe a month or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, who are these new people? <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself trying to. And I said, no, Benny, you can't get into it because your brother is on the team. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. I called Pop. So my Pop, this is out of order. Da, 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 and obviously he's kicking. We're both kicking off. I was like, just, just chill. And I one thing, one thing, I, I don't want to cut you up, but 
one thing I will say, and from what August told me, that Pops, Pops did, you know, yeah. he did voice his opinion, you know, because, a lot. yeah, it, to the point which where I'm, Chris Finch would happy, look at him and go, I'm happy about that. So, like, who are you to be speaking yeah. up? And Pops is like, these people support the men and women. It's a, a huge, a huge change, you know. Obviously, like the funding's been cut. Um, you know, back then, you know, there was a lot more sponsorship, you know, money, um, and obviously that old coaching staff is kind of, you know, they've gone on to do, you know, bigger and better things. Um, I mean, it's tough because, you know, you've got a lot of the big names, you know, that, that don't do it anymore, you know, and, you know, um, you're asking a, a younger group, a less experienced group to kind of fill those shoes and have the same same results, which is it's hard to ask, you know. Um, and again, I mean, when you lose funding, you kind of lose the foundation of a, of a program, you know, so... It's kind of a bit shaky right now, you know. Why didn't you come back and join GB and help make it better, a better program? Um, or was it something you never wanted to do? No, no, no. I mean, I didn't hold no no grudges, you know. I still came back in 2013 uh, when Pranty was there, you know. He was good. Yeah, yeah, he was a good dude. Um, and we did the European European Championships in Slovenia. So, you know, there weren't no hard feelings, you know. Um, but then just the timing has never, you know, matched up, you know. I mean, either I'm busy or, you know, I've just had two, well, not just had two kids, you know. I've got two two young kids now. So the timing has never really been, you know, the best, you know. So, um, I mean, if, if the timing's best, you know, really good, you know, I can see myself doing it again. But it's just sometimes, you know, do you want to give up your whole summer for something that, no. I remember <laughs> time having a conversation with Kieran and I was like, yo, Kieran, you lot must be getting paid on GB. And he was like, Benny, it was what, 25 pounds a day or something, something silly like that? 15 pounds a day. And I was like, sorry? He goes, Benny, if I tell you things, you won't, you won't, you think I'm lying. So, you know, I'm going to send you a video. And I think this is one of what, the ones where you're in Europe. And he sent a video, but his feet was hanging off the bed. Oh, my days. And that was like... <laughs> I was like, what team are you not playing for? Ghana? <laughs> it was so bad. It's tough, it's tough because I mean, you're asking guys to sacrifice time with their families, put their body on the line, you know, and there's no financial um, incentive, you know, so it's like, it's tough, you know. Um, and I mean, it, again, if you get injured there, you know... They can't afford to cover it. Exactly, you know. I mean, I felt, I felt that the press that you guys got after London 2012 wasn't fair. Well, you weren't part of the team, but the team that went for London 2012, because the press, the British basketball press, the so-called British basketball press, um, you know, said, oh, they just did the Olympics and they all retired and gave up on GB. And the fact is, a lot of the people that really don't know the backstory, you're just talking out of your ass. Exactly. Most of, them, most of them guys have been there since been 2006, there for, you know. From the yeah, beginning, so. they've done everything they could possibly do. Exactly. They brought it to this point, it's up to you guys to take it forward. Exactly. And I thought that particularly, they really picked on Luau and Pops, and it's like, you guys, you know, and it was so bad to the point when you look at it, they're like, we don't want to deal with the British yeah. press, because you guys exactly. really yeah. don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Now,